Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Packers Unscripted. From Packers.com, I am Mike Spofford, joined, as always, by my trusted colleague, Weston Hodkowitz. We're coming to you here from our studios at Lambeau Field. Wes, it's week three. It will be Packers-Buccaneers Sunday, 325 Central Time kickoff from Raymond James Stadium. It's going to be warm down in Tampa, um, and a matchup that uh, a lot of people are looking forward to. Whether or not it's the final Rodgers versus Brady or not, time will tell in that regard. But um, but a big early game in the NFC when you're talking about two teams that both envision playing in January and uh, and taking a shot at this thing again. Well, first and foremost, Mike, I got in my car this morning, turned the key, pulled out, was starting to drive down the road, made a call to my friend Scott. It's one of my morning routines. And do you know what I noticed as I was going up to the stop sign? I had, like, the visible breath coming out of my mouth. It was, it was, it was chilly. I could morning, actually see my breath for the first time in this fall that just started. The Green Bay Packers, you know, I think today in Green Bay, high is going to be 60. I'm not trying to make too much out of the heat element in Tampa because, honestly... The Packers, you know, they practice in some hotter temperatures. There were some humid days during camp. But I think for myself personally going down to Tampa this weekend, that is going to be a big wake-up call because I think yeah. physically my body is starting to get augmented back to fall in northeastern Wisconsin. Yeah, when, when we get back from Tampa, we're going to be starting over in Absolutely. that regard with the body acclimation. Hot tub, cold to, tub. Yeah. But here's the thing, Mike, is that – it's not about Aaron Rodgers. It's not about Tom Brady. It's not about the Buccaneers defense. It's not about the Packers running game. It is about which team is going to be more consistent on Sunday, which team is going to make fewer mistakes. That's how I really boil this thing down. At the time in which they're taping this, everybody and their second cousin is injured right now on the Buccaneers offense. <laughs> they're missing their top four receivers right now. Now that uh, this, this suspension has been upheld, we know, with Mike Evans. Right. Their offensive line is banged up. They lost Ryan Jensen last month. You know, Donovan Smith has been out with the elbow injury. There are a lot of things working against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But, Mike, I know this. I know Tom Brady still is their quarterback. And I know you look at that defense with Devin White, Levante David, obviously, you know, Carlton Davis, Antoine Winfield. Charlton Davis, excuse me, Carlton. My bad. 
Um, I was going to say Jamel Dean, Antoine Jamel Dean. Winfield, that, that secondary. Vita Vita. I mean, players. Th- there are still a lot of weapons, a lot of talented players. That's how deep this Buccaneers roster goes. And honestly, I feel like this team against the Green Bay Packers, it is going to be a four-quarter battle. Yeah, and th- that's where it starts for me. When I look at the matchup first off, the Packers offense against this Tampa Bay defense, I've been writing about it, mentioned it on three things. The numbers, might even have mentioned it on our last show, the numbers for this Tampa Bay defense through two games, 13 points allowed, best in the league, 10 sacks, best in the league, six takeaways, tied for third in the league. Um, Most in the league is seven, so they're only one takeaway off of having the most in the league in that category. This, This Tampa Bay defense is off to an unbelievable start. And when I look at what the Packers have to do, Yes, they need to stay committed to the running game, all of that. The ball needs to get to A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones, however they want to get it to them, whether it's the handoffs, the passes, the the jet motions, whatever the case might be. But the bottom line is, for me, the same thing you just said with regard to not making mistakes. The Packers offensively against this Tampa Bay defense, they have to play clean football. You can't have the sacks and the penalties that push you back and put you in the bad you know, yardage situations. You can't fumble a handoff. You can't have a mistimed shotgun snap like the Packers had against the Bears, which prevented them from putting away an inferior opponent uh, much you know, earlier than, than they did last Sunday night. Those kinds of things are what the Packers simply can't afford. You have to be able to play clean football. Your explosive plays are going to be hard to come by. You are going to have to drive the ball 75 yards to get a touchdown, and you're going to have to take 9 or 10 or 11 plays in order to do it. So you have to be able to stay clean and sharp um, play after play after play to give yourself a chance. And even if you do that, you get into the red zone, it's not going to be easy to put the ball in the end zone on these guys. They've given up one touchdown in the first two weeks of the season so it really really for me offensively whatever the game plan is the Packers just have to have to play clean sharp football because the the I mean Rodgers has been sacked seven times we've seen some penalties that have put the Packers in bad situations I mentioned the physical mistakes against the Bears those are the kinds of things the Packers simply cannot afford in this game no because it's going to be you're playing you know one of the best quarterbacks of all time. And I thought what Aaron Rodgers said about Brady was so spot on in that, okay, he's 45 years old. I don't think anybody's going to sit here and say that Tom Brady is at his physical peak. He might be for a 45-year-old, but yeah. you know, physically there's going to be natural regression involved. But as Rodgers said, from an experience perspective, being able to, to lean back on everything he's seen for the past 24 years or whatever it's been now. <laughs> yeah. There is so many things that Tom Brady can beat you with. And and I watched a majority of that game against the Saints. Yeah, I did too. And seeing the way that Brady directs the Bucks offense in concert with Leonard Fournette and being able to make the most out of his perimeter weapons as opposed to what the Saints were trying to do with Jameis Winston, it, it doesn't matter. That's a weird thing about the quarterback position. It is the ultimate neutralizer. It doesn't matter if you're at your peak athletic you know, summit Zenith at 25, 30 years old, when you have the experience that Brady has and his ability to be smart with the football, he's not prone to turn, you know, he's not, you know, there's going to be turnovers, but 
he is just the ultimate chess player when it comes to this game. So if you don't come out sharp on offense, defense, and even special teams, the Buccaneers are going to make you pay for that. Defensively, I feel, Mike, there's been some really good units in this league. Buffalo has a great one. San Francisco's had some good ones. But Tampa really has been the gold standard, and it was even before Brady got there. That was the scary thing about it. They just didn't well, they've, have a they've, good that, that unit has been so consistent over the years. It's, it, you, you don't ever seem to face Tampa Bay where you go, oh, yeah, their defense isn't that good this year. Right. Or like their, their defense is always pretty darn good. And kind of like those great Baltimore defenses, they've just found ways to regenerate and, and be able to shuffle the deck as players get older with the exception being David, of course. I mean, they, they just they have so many guys that they've been able to find a Vita Via. They just haven't missed on them. Shaq Barrett has been impactful at times in this league. So I'm excited for this matchup because, as Matt LaFleur said, this is going to probably be the better litmus test, the better barometer for where this team is at, offensively, defensively, and special teams, because you know the type of opponent you're getting and the fact that this also is the home opener for the Buccaneers, they are going to get a team that is rip-roaring and ready to go. Yeah, absolutely. The- What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it off? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. I'm not guarding like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't me. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. You mentioned watching the bulk of the Buccaneers Saints game last Sunday. I did as well, and I was reminded of something with regard to a quarterback like Tom Brady because that Saints defense was doing a number on the Bucks offense. They had they had Brady frustrated. Obviously, there was the skirmish and everything that led to Mike Evans getting suspended and all of that. But the 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 extracurriculars aside, the Saints the Saints were having their way pretty well with that with that Tampa Bay offense. But then all of a sudden, what happens? Deep shot to Brashad Perryman in the back of the end zone. It's an absolutely pinpoint perfect throw and touchdown, bang. And all of a sudden it felt like all of this great work that the Saints defense had done for two and a half or three quarters or whatever it was at that point went out the window because Tom Brady pulled a Tom Brady and just and threw a 40-yard pass that was right on the money for a touchdown. That's what these guys, that's what Hall of Famers can do to you, right? It, the, the, cha- the challenge here is, is significant. And with regard to the Packers' defense, you talked about it earlier. We've been talking about it all week long. There's so much that the Packers have to have to focus on in this game, aside from Tom Brady. And, yes, Mike Evans is suspended. Chris Godwin, Julio Jones are on the injury report. We don't know their status at, at wide receiver. I mentioned Perryman getting the big touchdown against the Saints. He could be a key guy um, on Sunday for Brady in the passing game. 
but the Packers absolutely cannot let Leonard Fournette be the guy that dictates the tempo um, and uh, just the pace and everything of this game. Because if, uh, if Leonard Fournette is going to spend the day putting Tom Brady in third and one, third and two, the Packers defense is going to have a hard time getting off the field. And, and it really does, it starts every week with, with stopping the run. But even with a Hall of Fame quarterback and, and arguably the best of all time in Tom Brady, the Packers really, the, the number one focus defensively has to be not letting Leonard Fournette get any kind of a rhythm and being able to dictate how this game goes. Yeah, Fournette is an absolute marauder. And he seemed like, you know, to really get rejuvenated. We, we saw the flashes of his potential, his power, uh, his vision when he was in Jacksonville. Some things fell out of alignment there for him. He resurfaces in Tampa, and it took him, what, a little over a year to really emerge as their number one option in the backfield, originally with Ronald Jones being there. This season, I think more than any other, Tom Brady, I think, is going to lean on the running back. Because you see in that game against the Saints, you see in some of these early matchups they're having, it is about being able to get into second and favorable, third and favorable, and then Brady letting plays develop from there. That was the biggest difference going to that Saints game. When Winston was doing that with the Saints, now mind you, you didn't have Kamara, but it didn't look the same. It looked like a guy that was pressing. It looked like a guy who was trying to protect the football, yeah. and then ultimately when he lost the patience, the dam breaks, right? Yep. With Brady, it is just th- – that's what's up. You're talking about Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Yeah. It's the patience, right? Yep, I know exactly what you're saying. It's waiting for everything to develop so that when the big play is there, you make it happen. Aaron Rodgers did the same thing with Sammy Watkins last week on the 55-yarder. That's the danger if you don't get them in second and eight, third and nine. And the one thing that is very positive for Green Bay, they need to improve a lot right now with their tackling. They need to get back to what they look like in week one in that regard. But they have the horses to do it. They have the guys to do it. I was really impressed by the rotation they actually ran in that game. You saw more T.J. Slayton on first down, so you could take some of those snaps off of Kenny Clark. They have the tools to do it. It's about all 11 guys getting together and tackling to the ball because Leonard Fournette's not a guy that's going to go down with one guy, especially once he leaks into the second level. Yeah, it's interesting the way this plays out because there, there are different there are different moments, crucibles, whatever you want to call it, throughout the course of a season. And quite honestly, for the Packers to have the breakdowns in the run defense and some of the missed tackles and everything that they had against the Bears, at the end of the day, it's not necessarily a bad thing because, A, it didn't cost them the game, and it happened heading into a week where you have to be geared up to stop a guy like Fournette. And so you know the Packers this week in practice, they, they've they seen the film of what happened against Chicago with Montgomery and with Herbert and some of those big runs that they broke. You know, it's a, it's a long season, right, both mentally and physically for these guys. Sometimes, sometimes when you, when you kind of get uh, – you, you, you get that reminder of what you need to really, really pay attention to, sometimes the timing of that reminder can really help you. Maybe the fact, because we know the Packers have the talent on defense to defend the run a lot better than they did. 180 yards rushing against the Bears was, was a shock, quite frankly. But maybe it was, maybe it was sort of the, the kick in the pants, so to speak, that the run defense needed heading into a matchup like this because, because Leonard Fournette will 
you know, in combination with Tom Brady, this offense will have a chance to keep that Packers defense on the field all day long in the 90-degree heat, and, and that's not going to be a recipe for success. The Packers have to be able to stop Fournette, get after Brady, and get off the field. All of it, all of it easier said than done. But I'm very interested and curious to see how the Packers' run defense responds from the breakdowns last week to what they do against a real bull of a back in Fournette. Yeah, and keep in mind, too, I mean, Leonard Fournette, there isn't that home run threat necessarily with him. I mean, this year right now, his longest carry is 17 yards. I think last year he had one for 47. But he's still averaging like four and a half, but even with, on, with only a long of 17, which tells you that that's, he, he's, he's a grinder. It's telling you on first and second down he's getting those yards. And to do that with an offensive line that is – down at starting left tackle, down at starting center. You know, Tristan Wirfs has been injured over at right tackle. Yeah, been in and out of the lineup a little There's bit. There's so many different guys that have been banged up, and they're still finding ways to be productive. The fact that Tampa has gotten to 2-0, and it hasn't been the prettiest path there. No. But it no. tells you everything you need to know about it. And conversely for the Packers, they're going to need to be able to run against this Tampa defense as well because if you allow them to pin their ears back, if you allow them to play their coverages – then the, the job gets progressively more difficult for Aaron Rodgers. As much as the headlines this week are going to be on Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady right. and tablets, it is really about <laughs> these run offenses and their ability to establish that momentum and establishing it from the opening whistle. Yeah, for the Packers offensively, we've talked about it a lot of times. It's You have to get something going with that running game to set up the play action because Aaron Rodgers doing – trying to do a straight drop-back passing game against this defensive front is not going to be a recipe for success. The passing game is going to have to come off of play action, and the only way you get them to respect play action is if they're respecting that running game with, uh, with Jones and Dillon. So there's a, there's a lot that the Packers have to do and do it right in order to, uh, in order to come out with a victory here. Some sponsor business here, Wes, and then we'll take a look at uh, – other games around week three in the NFL. Sirius XM NFL Radio delivers hard-hitting analysis and up-to-the-minute NFL news that true football fanatics need 24-7, 365. And at Cousin Subs, we have something for everyone, like our Wisconsin cheese curds, mac and cheese, golden fries, and creamy shakes, all paired with your favorite sub or sub in a bowl, Cousin Subs, 50 years of better. All right, well, on our last show, we talked about how everybody in the NFC North is one and one the Packers are going to Tampa. Elsewhere in the NFC North, you have Detroit going to Minnesota. Interesting matchup there with Detroit coming off a big victory, Minnesota coming off of a disappointing Monday night loss and being on a short week. And then um, Lovey Smith's return to Soldier Field. The Houston Texans go into Chicago with the Bears coming off of uh, that loss to the Packers on Sunday night football. And Lovey Smith's Texans being a pesky bunch, a team that uh, a lot of analysts said, hey, you won't even really have to think about these guys too much. Well, the first two opponents they've played have had their hands full with the Houston Texans, and, and Lovey Smith's team is going to do the same thing to the Bears on Sunday. I, I, I agree 100%. And, and for you know Chicago, how quickly things are going to change here. You know They were feeling really good coming into Lambeau Field. Now you're feeling not so good. And there's been a lot of bad headlines this week about the Bears fans and the Justin Fields comment. There's a lot of distractions going on there. Yeah. The one thing I do like about the direction the Texans are heading underneath Lovey Smith is they actually appear to at least have a vision of what they want to become. 
I don't think they're going to be a playoff team this year, but I'll be honest with you, they're not the team I'd want to see on my schedule just because I don't think people are going to give you a lot of bonus points if you win it, and there's a pretty good chance that they're going to test you all four quarters on the other side of it. So that's a big gut check for the Bears. But realistically, probably outside of even the division, Mike, I am most interested to see if the Detroit Lions can do what they've done the last few weeks against this Minnesota defense. Yep, I agree with you. Dan Campbell's bunch, man, they are, we know the grittiness, we know all that. Well, now they're starting to get athletically better as well. And Amon Ross St. Brown appears to be the real deal for Detroit. Yeah, I mean, what have they put up? 65, 70 points, yeah. I think, offensively, the first two games of the season. I, I know they're 1-1, one and one, but they've scored a they bunch. Have. And it's starting to look more to me like what Jared Goff was kind of doing in his heyday in L.A. Yeah. So uh, that that's going to be a, an interesting matchup for the Vikings, who, again, are in the same boat as the Bears in that I think they felt really good about themselves. Yep. Well, now you have Detroit come in there. I'm going to tell you something right now, Mike. I don't care how week one win anymore. If Detroit goes in there and hands it to the Vikings at U.S. Bank Stadium, there's going to be a lot of ticked-off Vikings leaving that <laughs> field that day. That's going to be a really intriguing thing to follow because, again, as I said in Insider Inbox in today's edition on Thursday, Lions aren't going anywhere. Yeah, hopefully we can find a uh, find a TV in the Ray J press box to uh, catch the second half of Detroit and Minnesota before Packers and Bucks kick off because I'm very uh, very interested in that game as well. What's up? I'm John Wall and I'm CJ Toledano and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Six Man of the Year elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah I, yeah because you gotta think Love he's it. gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard like you see him in the Olympics. He's gonna guard, and then on I'm top not of it, like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to point game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? Because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. A couple others I wanted to mention. Um, an interesting one in the NFC West. The Rams are going to Arizona. And I bring this one up not only because the Rams, as defending Super Bowl champs, are 1-1, one one, having lost that kickoff opener to Buffalo in Week 1. But Arizona, Arizona was all but 0-2, right? And, uh, and made a crazy comeback to defeat the Raiders last Sunday. And you just you just wonder is is there going to be any momentum whatsoever for the Cardinals that carries over from an incredible comeback like that, an uplifting victory that prevented them from starting 0 and 2 against a division rival with the Rams coming in. These are two teams that know each other really well, and quite frankly, the playoff the last time they met the playoff game between these two teams it wasn't even a contest. The Rams just um, just took it to Arizona and the Cardinals were never really in the game. So you know that is sort of sticking with the Cardinals as well in this division rivalry. I think um, this game, to, to me, it just strikes me as one that's, uh, that's a little more interesting than, um, than maybe people would think on the surface. And then the other, one, the other one on Sunday in the AFC is in the AFC East, Buffalo at Miami, a pair of 2-0 teams 
that are both lighting up the scoreboard like nobody's business. Um, Bills down in Miami, and kind of like Packers going down to Tampa, a northern team having to go down to Florida to play in the heat in uh, September. I think that one's going to be interesting as well. You know how when we were breaking down this Packers and Bucks matchup, I kept saying it's not about the quarterbacks? In regards to Buffalo and Miami, that one absolutely is. I, I think that this is the, the game for Tua. Uh, if he, I'm not saying he's going to have the same performance he had against the Bucks or, or against Baltimore. Yeah. But if he plays well against that Buffalo defense, we got to see what their secondary looks like. My thoughts are with Micah Hyde. Hopefully everything checks out with his neck. But, you know, they're a little banged up on the secondary side of it. But that's still a really good unit. They are deep. They play well together. They are veteran. They have a lot of guys that have been with them for a lot of years. I think the, the Von Miller thing has really infused a lot of confidence and swagger into that group that was already very talented. But Tua, he's proving me wrong in that I was really wondering, okay, you got Tyreek Hill. You got to feed Tyreek Hill the ball. What does that mean for Jalen Waddle? Well, Jalen Waddle's still getting his touches too. They're very dynamic. If I can close just with this quickly too, I don't know. We talk about there's never must-win games. You remember I was pitching that last yeah. week. This isn't a must-win game. This is a boy, we got to have it game. I think there's a must-win game this week and it's the Raiders facing the Titans because one of those teams is going to 0-3 yeah and for the Raiders perspective you were this close to winning that game last week you go to 0-3 Josh McDaniels gonna have to rally the troops on the other side of it you have Mike Vrabel who was the coach of the year last year because of all the adversity injuries wise that the Titans went through and they got the number one seed in the playoffs in the AFC and now you you're seeing Malik Willis playing games so that's a big one. Yeah. Last one to mention really quick. Monday Night Football, Dallas at the New York Giants. I bring this up, obviously, because Cowboys got a surprising win over the defending AFC champion Bengals with Cooper Rush as the backup quarterback filling in for Dak Prescott. And the Giants are at home on Monday Night Football with a 2-0 and record facing a division rival that will have a backup quarterback. If the New York Giants get to 3-0, and suddenly... Suddenly, the Packers' trip to London isn't just some kind of a novelty. It could uh, it could turn into a really, really big, important game um, as far as the early season goes in uh, in the NFC with uh, with where some of these records fall. So, uh, um, I think there'll be a lot of eyes on that uh, that Monday night game: Giants hosting the Cowboys. Every headline in the off season, at least in July, was about Christian McCaffrey and the Carolina Panthers. What is McCaffrey being back going to mean for the Panthers? Y'all must have forgot with Saquon Barkley, because I understand he's been hurt the last few years. Yeah, and Brian, Brian Dable, the new new coach, Buffalo offensive coordinator, takes over head coach of the Giants. Uh, he's uh, he's got that team believing right out of the gate, and uh, they're going to be a tough customer. And how many times we've talked about over the years, man, when you have a back like Saquon Barkley and he's healthy, that's a big yes, part of that's this problem. A huge part of it with but him, but that. If Saquon Barkley could still prove to be Saquon Barkley, I don't think the Giants' job was as bad as everybody thought it was. And they're riding him. And you can see how that's making Daniel Jones' life easier now, too. It's allowing the Giants to get back to what made them successful early in Barkley's career. And I think they're going to be a fun team to watch. Certainly, as you mentioned with the, with the London game, it changes the equation. Yeah, absolutely. Well, with that, we're going to call it a wrap on this edition of Packers Unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of the team, everything from Sunday afternoon's big game down in Tampa. We'll have it for you on Packers.com. For Wes, I'm Mike. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. See you next time. 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.